It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. Begin this drive with play action on first down. Allen taking a shot, wide open his digs. Deep inside Miami territory. Perfectly thrown pass as they burn him for 47. Allen has time now. Here they come. Throwing to the end zone. Was it caught? Touchdown. Gabriel Davis with an amazing catch back in the end zone to put Buffalo back in front. Buffalo is 2-0 and and atop the AFC East. Nick, what's good, my man? A lot good. A lot good, starting with a couple of those highlights there. We uh, we got a lot going good, well in Western New York uh, these days. No doubt. I guess my question right off the bat, Nick, is like, does Bill's Nation, Bill's Mafia, does it need a temperature check right now? 100.4 with COVID has been that number, right? Are we too high on the Bills right now, or do we have to, like, check ourselves? Uh, I mean, I would, I would probably, you know, there's no reason to not get excited, right? The Bills have waited long enough to have... Uh, a quarterback uh, leading the NFL and, and passing yards really at any point of the season, even after one week, even after two weeks, that's certainly not something that we imagined uh, this, this situation right now. Yeah. You go from not having a 300 yard passer in forever to having a passer with a league high 729 passing yards through two weeks. And, you know, I was surprised a little bit about the attack. You know, Miami is, is probably their strength is probably in the secondary this year on defense and the Patriots crushed them with Cam Newton running the football in week one. So I wouldn't have been surprising to see the Bills do a similar attack but as you wrote the Bills attack against the Dolphins was almost all through the air what's your leadoff thought on that game that win and maybe the way the Bills attacked them yeah I'm really curious to continue to really see what goes on the rest of the season here Ryan you know the the Bills of course just all through the air through through the first two games of the year as as you've mentioned week one I mean you had the Jets who were you know probably the worst secondary that they might have on their schedule so that made a lot of sense but then against the Dolphins it's it's curious to wonder you know, in-game adjustments, we always hear about that in really all sports, uh, particularly in football, when coaching is such an integral part of the way it's a team operates on game day. Byron Jones went down almost immediately in that game, so you got a rookie cornerback to, to beat up on. I think one of the highlights you played there sounded like Stefan Diggs' deep catch in the second half to set up a, one of their go-ahead scores, which proved to be pivotal in a you know 31-28 game. Yeah, you, you had a rookie first-rounder out there, and for the Dolphins, along with uh, Xavier Howard, which for some reason they did not use Howard to shadow Stephon Diggs. So were the Bills trying to take advantage of that? I don't know uh, what we're going to see going forward here because you know we got we have Jalen Ramsey next week and a very stout Rams defense uh, from top to bottom. So it's going to be interesting. That that's really my curiosity going forward here right now, Ryan. Is, is this just game by game or or, or what's happening here? But regardless, uh, again, you know, 417 passing yards and 700. And, 29 to lead the NFL after two weeks is pretty ridiculous for Josh Allen. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. It's great. Next week is going to be fun. The Bills favored by two and a half, I think now. The line might have opened at three. It's been bet down to two and a half. Opening as a favorite against the Rams, a team that was in the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. So that shows you uh, where the Bills are at right now. It's a, it's a good thing. You know, No doubt Stephon Diggs has made a huge difference here, Nick, uh, with the passing game. I mean, Diggs is making a huge difference. 153 yards touchdown. As you wrote, uh, Minnesota fans are got to be cringing right right now uh, watching this guy go off oh yeah for sure uh, i mean last week we said that he had eight catches in a game that was more 
catches he had in a single outing than any of the 16 games he played last year with the Vikings. The number that's going to stand out with Diggs, of course, is 153. That's the total yards he had against the Dolphins. But he again had eight catches, so he already in his first two games with the Bills has twice surpassed the amount of catches he had any individual game last week against the last season, excuse me, with the Vikings. And on top of that, I believe Kirk Cousins had 111 total passing yards, and again, Diggs had 153 receiving yards. So Diggs was a better passing target uh, alone himself than his entire former team in week two, which is, of course, something he's going to probably not publicly say, but is privately going to fist pump about because we know things didn't end well there for him. He wanted out for a reason. Do we know that reason? Not really, but who cares? He's in Buffalo now. And uh, yeah, like I kind of said at the top of the show, it was uh, pretty surprising that the Dolphins didn't really shadow him with anyone. I would expect next week you'll have Jalen Ramsey versus uh, Stefan Diggs a lot, which is going to be, I can almost guarantee that's going to be one of our matchups to watch again later on this week. And, you know, Diggs is just, uh, those catches that he makes uh, really is route running. A lot of the times he's so good at running routes and getting open that he's just wide open in a play. But that's, you know, total credit to himself. But then we also saw him high pointed ball in the first half, just got way up there caught a Josh Allen pass. And that's kind of the difference for Josh Allen here too, right? I mean, he's eighth in the league in completion percentage right now. But in the past, we've talked about Dawson Knox and his drop problems. I believe he led the NFL last year among tight ends with 10 drops. If you cut that in half to five and you, you factor those into Josh Allen's completions last year, I think he was at 58% completion percent for the entire 2019 season in his second year. If you give him just five more, I think if you round it up, it ends up being 60% completion rating, which is the number you want to see with your quarterback, right? So yeah. Really, just those little small individual catches that Stefan Diggs is going to make is going to be huge for, for Josh Allen's completion percentage and the Bills' offense in general. The hype train with Josh Allen is uh, has left the station. I want to hop on board of that coming up here with Nick. But first, here's this week's fantasy football advice from Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for Week 3. Chicago Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky against Atlanta Falcons. The matchup is brilliant, and Atlanta's offense could put Chicago in a pass-happy situation. Trubisky may make mistakes like we saw last week with two interceptions, but he should be able to take advantage on the outside with his strong wide receivers. Deion Lewis takes over for Saquon Barkley at least for this week. Devontae Freeman looks like he'll be the guy going forward, but he's coming off the street and doesn't know the playbook. San Francisco is so beaten up on both sides of the ball right now that the Giants should be able to stay in the game late enough to continue running the football. If not, Lewis is a capable receiver out of the backfield as well. Jaguars wide receiver Keelan Cole has the eye of quarterback Gardner Minshew and he has a fine matchup against the banged up Miami secondary. And furthermore, DJ Chark is banged up himself, which could mean more work for Cole if the injury is aggravated during the contest. Look for him to make it three games in a row with a touchdown to open the 2020 season. And finally, Cincinnati tight end Drew Sample. He's a second year player who will fill in for CJ Uzama who was lost for the year after a torn Achilles tendon last week. Samples on nine targets last week, catching seven of them, but for only 45 yards. That's a product of having a rookie quarterback who's not willing to take as many chances downfield. Last week, Tyler Higby scored three touchdowns, and Logan Thomas had one in week one on only nine total catches against the Eagles in 2020 by tight ends. For more fantasy football information, check out thehuddle.com. Josh Allen, so good to have you here. A couple things I want to talk to you about. So your coach, Sean McDermott, said you have ice water in your veins. Then I'm seeing on Twitter that 
you should be the MVP through the first two games, you and Russell Wilson. How confident are you in yourself and in your team in your third year? You know, it's two weeks in, and I don't want to jump the horse on anything and, and get in front of anything. Um, you know, we're just trying out, trying to do our job over here in Buffalo, and we got a lot of guys that are true professionals that are working hard. Um, Coach McDermott's leading us in the right direction, and uh, really just trying to follow what he's got in store for us. So just trying to do our job, and um, first two weeks have been good. We've been executing at a pretty high level, um, but we know who we got coming in on Sunday, a, a very good Rams team. Um, with some playmakers on defense that we got to be ready for. So uh, that's really what we're focusing on right now. All right, Nick, I think uh, Coach McDermott will be happy with that answer from Allen, who's, uh, you know, people are already putting him in that MVP conversation. Uh, who would have thought two weeks into the season, Josh Allen's name is in the same breath as Russell Wilson? Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I think the only way you could have put them in the same discussion is the one thing that you couldn't really debate what Allen had in the past, even the last season, was his ability to just get it done no matter what the obstacle was, uh, he was kind of just your true gamer. You know, it almost sounds like a, a cheap way, you know, to explain something. But he is what I'm getting at, Ryan, is he last season had five fourth quarter comebacks for the Bills, uh, which is obviously clutch. And that was tied with Russell Wilson for the NFL lead uh, in 2019. So a little nugget there for you. Yeah, um, love it. And uh, yeah, yeah, um, I, you got to you gotta love that answer, too. From uh, I wrote up about that at uh, Bills Wire. Uh, I almost was laughing because what ESPN, I think it was uh, Molly Karam uh, from First Take, uh, the host who was introducing Alan to the show. And uh, she was kind of referencing there uh, ESP, another ESPN writer, Bill Barnwell. He he sent a tweet out on Sunday that said his two MVP candidates are Wilson and Josh Allen. And, and goodness, what what a Sean McDermott answer that was. To that question. <laughs> yeah. Just on to the next game. <laughs> Absolutely. It was great. And, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, I don't think he's thrown an incompletion in two games. He's 82% quarterback rating is 140. So Wilson's like on another level right now. But Allen's not far behind when you look at his stats. You know, you got to like what he did against the Dolphins. Obviously, his numbers were amazing. 417 yards, four passing touchdowns, great completion percentage, as you said. But, you know, although this game was probably not as close as the final score indicates the bills still were trailing in the second half right this was not an easy ball game for them you got to feel good about the way they responded in that second half especially uh josh oh certainly yeah that's undoubtedly almost something that personally i wasn't super surprised with because as i said i mean he's done this in the past he's he's had these responses in the past The, the surprising part of course was he hasn't done it with his arm typically like he did usually it's him grinding out you know jumping over someone uh you know leaping over the cowboys defensive line and fist pumping 10 yards down the field after the first down and fourth down or or whatever we've seen in the past yeah the dolphins to their credit certainly they game planned well a lot of folks are looking at ryan fitzpatrick because he's you know the ex ex bills fan favorite and really is still to this day even though somehow he plays in the on every other divisional rival except the patriots and he still is the fan favorite because he's just that lovable guy but shan gailey's their offensive coordinator ex bills head coach and he really schemed up to make the Bills pay for having injuries to uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano and uh, Mike Jacecki certainly let him uh Certainly let him uh, pay for that. And even slot receiver Devontae Parker, he had he had a touchdown again. He always saved some good games uh, for the Bills as well. So right in the middle of the field, the Bills have certainly missed those guys. And uh, they'll have another tough matchup potentially in that area again uh, next week with the Rams. Yeah, no doubt. And that's, that's what I want to get into next here. I mean, that's the only thing that people can say to kind of, like I said, temperature check the Bills, right? It's the Jets and the Dolphins. So obviously we all want to see them do it against a, a good team. The Rams, I think, qualify as a pretty good team too. And they beat the Cowboys, they beat the Eagles. Let's get into the Rams Bills matchup next week coming up here on the Bills Wire podcast. It's that time again for the line of the week. 
the inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet the Week 3 Monday Night Football matchup in the NFL's Game of the Year between the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs are plus 155 underdogs on the money line. Jeff, that's right. The Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, plus 155 underdogs. The Baltimore Ravens are laying 3.5 points at home. I'm going to go against the grain, against the public here. Give me the Ravens, minus three and a half, to win by at least four points. Oh, man. I want to push back and just take the Chiefs at the money line. You said plus 155. That's enticing. But if you're going to give me the three points, I'll take it. Has Patrick Mahomes ever gotten three and a half points? I'm pretty sure not, Eston. Uh, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. There's going to be no fans there at the M&T Bake Stadium in Baltimore, and they have one of the better home crowd advantages, which is going to be neutered because of the unfortunate situation right now. I'll take the dog uh, Super Bowl champion Chiefs at plus three and a half. I'm on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Check out Sportsbook Wire for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet Slippin' Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. All right, Nick, what's your leadoff take with this game? For me, it's like maybe those injuries at linebacker for the Bills that they've been able to kind of uh, get by with might show up against a really good offense with Sean McVay. Obviously, he's going to scheme it up and, you know, he's going to make things difficult. And if you find something that's working, he's going to stick with it and kind of pound you with it. You know, what do you think about that uh, that matchup specifically, McVay going against this Bills defense that's dealing with a little bit of injuries right now? Yeah, Ryan, you're on uh, you're on Twitter, so you know that nobody, nobody at all ever cares an ounce about when you tweet about your fantasy football team, but we're going to use that discussion here to make my point. I love it. Um, in one of my in one of my fantasy leagues, I uh, started uh, Tyler Higby last week. Oh, uh, me two too. Touchdowns for the Rams. Oh, tremendous three touchdowns. Yeah, there you go. Great game for him. And we already mentioned Mike Gusecki. He had a big game for the Dolphins. I would expect that again, but just personally tying in my own fantasy team here because nobody cares about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. I actually left Mike Gusecki on the bench and it didn't really even hurt me at all because I somehow also had, actually I took a late flyer on, on Mike Gusecki. I said, well, you know, what the hell? He's my last pick. Uh, <laughs> the Dolphins don't have receivers, so I'm, I'll take their tight end. But I already had Higby, so uh, you know, I already had a monster game and I had a monster game sitting on my bench as well. Don't worry, uh, folks. I know you really are wondering. I did still win, even though I didn't have both tight ends playing. But uh, yeah, so uh, my two tight ends in my one fantasy football league uh, are the keys to keys to the last two weeks for the Bills because uh, Tremaine Edmonds is the six foot five beast of a human being in the middle of the Bills defense. Um, gets all over the place, freak athletic uh, uh, traits all over him. Uh, but Matt Milano is the former safety turned modern day smaller prototypical can you know use his speed to make up for a size linebacker, especially in pass coverage. And if the Bills do not have Matt Milano to, to take care of some of those uh, passes uh, over the middle. And it, it wasn't even really just the tight end position, Ryan. Um, just their zone coverage. I mean, that's how Devontae Parker was getting open over the middle, too. Not necessarily Matt Milano would go cover a slot wide receiver, mm. but the Bills play such a heavy zone defense that, you know, A.J. Klein and Terrell Dodson, Troll Dodson, specifically for our former undrafted rookie, did have you know a couple decent plays, but I mean with 
you know, Edmonds and Milano and their abilities and that zone coverage, just, you know, that's all about taking up space uh, against an offense. And the Dolphins were able to find uh, uh, those openings. And we gave kudos to Fitzpatrick and Shan Gailey, but uh, you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Sean McVay was just in the Super Bowl. Um, not too long ago and is uh is that uh you know people almost poke fun at how how smart the guy is right he remembers that one like he remembers like the 14th snap from week 15 last year <laughs> yeah. like whatever ridiculous things he he can remember so he'll he'll certainly be watching the paid tape and remembering uh no Edmonds and Milano last week yeah so. for sure and and for me too another question I had uh it was basically like that Bills O-line now I know the the Bills have not really gotten the run game going I think they're averaging like 3.8 yards per carry it's, it hasn't been great I don't know how much of that is game script you know they didn't really run the ball too much against the Dolphins obviously as we said but you know they've got to deal with Aaron Donald here who's been a, an absolute beast so like what do you think about that specific matchup and you, you can't let that guy take the game over obviously yeah I think that the Bills again um, I can see them uh, with their game planning for this one uh, putting on my Monday morning quarterback hat my uh, Love barely any football experience in my life just watching <laughs> it and being an analyst myself what do we know um, Nick? what do we know you know yeah more, more of a background in a, as a hockey player myself personally but um, you know um, scheming it up if I was to scheme it up, you know, on Madden or whatever, I would uh, really just keep running with Josh Allen, not just specifically because he's leading the league in passing yards. But think back to week one, Ryan. We were talking about how he completed all these passes, got all these 300, these 300 yards, but a lot of them were quick passes out there. Um, that's hard for defensive backs to kind of cover, especially in man situations. And getting the ball out quick will eliminate Aaron Donald from the Bills' game plan because last week the Bills did cycle in their offensive line. Uh, Sean McDermott never wanting to ruffle a single feather, never wanting to give away anything. The ultimate gamesmanship guy right up there with Bill Belichick. And in terms of that, uh, just never giving anything away in the media. He just said, oh, yeah. You know, we were cycling in our, our offensive linemen, uh, you know, just to get him a chance because there's no preseason. Well, take his word for that. OK, uh, you know, he said it. So we got to quote it. But are you really going to say that when you the Bills did that specifically in the second half of a game in the, against the Dolphins where it was not over? This was not the Bills were up by four touchdowns. So they decided to get some guys out there. Right. So. I would definitely keep tabs on the Bills' offensive line going into this one. Uh, they're going to maybe sorely miss John Feliciano, their 2019 starter, when dealing with Aaron Donald in the middle of that defensive line because, uh, yikes, that guy is very good. Uh, Aaron Donald's the guy that everyone wants Ed Oliver to be, so that's how good Aaron Donald is. Yeah, man, it doesn't get much better than this. 2-0 Bills. 2-0 Rams, and we'll get to break it all down next week. Yes, sir, Ryan. I think uh, this is going to be a very telling game for the Bills. Uh, again, only can play the hand they're dealt, and the Rams are a pretty difficult card that they're holding in their hand right now coming up next. So uh, another big game from Josh Allen. We might be having a, a, a very different conversation here, Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, wh- well. the wheels are going to come off, and there's going to be no holding down uh, Bills Mafia in the hype train if, uh, if they pull this one off and Allen plays well again. Forget it. Forget it. It's all over. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Here, I'm knocking on wood, though. Yeah, yeah. And that'll, be, and that'll be fun for us. So, yeah, looking forward to talking about it next week, Nick. Have a great week, man. You too, sir. Talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.